0: Gentlemen.
1: Are we in? Are we on? We're all on. Oh, Am I on? You're on. This is going to be such... I'm on! (laughs) (laughs) I'm in! (laughs) Uh, This is going to be such a pleasurable podcast. Um, Thank you once again for listening. Um, Let's just get straight into it. Hands in, a pod on three. One, two, three... Pod! It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, a podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We just love the game. Uh, We're three fans, we're three former players, teammates in some cases. Uh, And it's me, Tim. It's him, JB. Hello, Tim. And it's him, Phil. Hi, Tim. Uh, You can find us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. You can find us on iTunes, on ACAST. Well, wherever you are, just find us. We're Egg Chasers. Subscribe. And then you'll get every episode delivered straight to you. Uh, Like, for example, this week, we've got a special bonus episode all about England-Australia where we did a podcast with our counterparts from Australia, the Green and Gold Rugby Podcast. Um, Some brilliant reviews been left on iTunes again and uh, thank you very much for that. Um, I'm going to read some of them to you, boys. I think you'll appreciate these. Um, So... Phil Rowe says, the cornerstone of rugby entertainment. Dropping rugby truths harder than a James Haskell baseline and consuming, I consume this pod like Billy Vunapola eats up the yards. Um, Love that. Thank you very much. At Rugby Podcast um, on Twitter, iTunes reviews. Thank you very, very much. Uh, And uh, you know what? Uh, Phil Rowe just mentioned cornerstones. Worth worth mentioning the the finest razor on the market, doesn't it? It absolutely does. If you if you like the podcast and you're a fan and you've heard us talking about Cornerstone, try it. Uh, it, it. So many of our listeners are getting on board and enjoying it. It was at the GQ Awards voted the best razor. So if you currently sit there with a Gillette razor or a Wilkinson sword razor or a Aldi own razor, whatever you have, you're using an inferior product. And for just £4, you could get a custom engraved premium shaft from Cornerstone. <laughs> Um, precision engineered German design uh, and you can get that for as little as £4 because you get a £10 discount because you listen to us and because we like you. So uh, cornerstone.co.uk forward slash egg chasers cornerstone.co.uk forward slash egg or egg 10 at checkout. <sighs> Where to start, boys? Where to start? Chronologically? Yeah, go on. Okay. Sorry, Island fans. Um... <laughs> After your amazing <laughs> moment. Well, actually, that's a good point. Uh, maybe we should well, start with Ireland I see, well let's say what was the be- what was the better result over over the weekend was was it England their first win in Brisbane or was it Ireland winning in South Africa what do you think was the most impressive
2: when when you consider that Ireland played 60, 60 minutes with uh 14 men and uh 10 minutes with 13 men
3: i think the ireland result has I, to be i think the ireland result's historic actually i don't think they have I, I can't in fact, I don't know when they last won in the Southern Hemisphere. Does anyone know this? If, uh, if at all.
2: I don't think they'd ever won in um, South Africa
3: before. And South Africa's special because i have had some real battles there. In fact, one of my favourite ever matches is, I think, the Battle of, I think, Bloemfontein or, wh- or whatever it's called. And it was just <laughs> fight after fight the after The Battle of Bloemfontein. Oh, it is- sounds so romantic. <laughs> oh, and it is. It's every bit as romantic as I'm making it sound. So... For me, it's the island result because they were just they were just heroic. I mean, we talk about defenses and structures and how organized these teams are. How would you prepare to face the springboks with thirteen men for ten minutes? How would you prepare <laughs> to do it for for 50 minutes with fourteen men? Yeah you know, with all the you know, everyone's talking about overlaps and space, and these boys are monsters, absolute monsters, but the discipline, their game plan, I think actually the mental toughness to keep it tight. And do sense and play sensible rugby when they have the ball was maybe the most impressive thing I've seen in ages.
1: I'll go along with that. I, I would I would temper it slightly by saying I don't think this was the uh, the best South African side that that could have been out on the field.
3: Doesn't matter. Uh, they're a
1: little bit rusty. No, no. I'm not. I'm not trying to take anything away. Mm. And I, but because what I was also going to say is to balance that up with is how many players are are Ireland missing and what's what yeah. I think is the most valuable element element of this for Joe Schmidt is he's he's had a chance to see some players either playing in positions they don't normally play in or, or playing at all, who wouldn't normally be playing. He certainly saw a, a good 60 minutes of Andrew Trimble playing as a flanker.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's not a bad option. That's not a bad
1: option. So he, he got to see these guys. Um, and that, that's so valuable for Ireland because he now sees what they can do on the international stage. And I think one really good example of that is something that, Phil, you've been saying for a long time. And I've got to give you credit for this one. Jared Payne as a fullback. I thought oh, yeah. he was absolutely outstanding could well have been arguably should have been the man of the match uh, in his best position coming into the line as an attacking threat I just thought he was outstanding
3: oh and the, the offload he gave for the Connor Murray try was yeah. some, was something else yeah you've also got to remember as, as as well the guy who I thought played exceptionally was Marshall I thought he had probably yeah. his, his best game in any show. he was great yeah
2: well, there, there was because there performance were so important, and they were all like so brilliant on the game line, in attack, their decision making. There's so many players who could have got that man of the match award. Paddy Jackson, Paddy Jackson, was if it so wasn't, good. If it wasn't for that intercept, I think Paddy Jackson would have won it because his kicking was so important. Not just his kicking at sticks, but his kicking
1: out of hand to put the pressure back onto South Africa. Definitely settles that debate, like Madigan,
3: Paddy Jackson, as the. Yeah. I don't I think Madigan was in the conversation. Well, Actually, I think he was. No, you're right. He was in the conversation. He was. He was. But Joe Smith's got this kind of habit of sticking with what he knows you know for instance Nomad Healy you know just thing, you know, things like that so for Paddy Jackson to come in and have that performance potentially is is huge for him because I think he's been better than Madigan for years Furlong yep. tight head prop as well can we talk about him like I
1: wouldn't say off the radar but I didn't think he had that in him
3: what a prospect! I don't think anyone thought any of the Allen play- players had anything in them. <laughs> quite frankly, I thought he, uh, I was. I wasn't giving them much hope at the start of this game. When you yeah. look at the injured list for, for I Allen, wasn't giving them hope with 15 men, let alone 13. <laughs> uh, he, his lip rose from the dead. Yeah, I've not seen him play for best part of two years, but apparently he still can. Uh, he definitely still yeah. can, based on uh, that. Tell me this, uh, Luke Marshall. Yeah. I've never seen him play twelve for All Star. I always see him in the twelve in the thirteen jersey, usually with McCluskey at tw- at twelve. It depends how they play because they've
2: got so many good centers. They can play Marshall at thirteen. Um, they can play Marshall at twelve, and they can play someone like Cave outside him, or they can play him at thirteen with Alden or McCluskey mm. inside him. And you can put Jared Payne at thirteen and put uh, Marshall at twelve. So he, he he a bit of a utility in that
3: regard. And is Jared Payne good enough to keep uh, Piattal? out of the out of the team now. Uh <laughs> Piotr would definitely
2: be playing somewhere where where he plays doesn't He's, it doesn't really matter. I, I think
1: Jared Payne definitely is good enough to keep Rob Carney out of the fullback shirt, which Which we've been saying. Yeah. Which, which Phil you've been saying for a while. I've kind of not really taken it as seriously as you have because Rob Carney always seems like that real steady eddy solid player. But Jared Payne is an attacking threat. I well, love I
3: thought the same, same thing about Jared Payne. I thought he was like steady eddy, can do a bit of thirteen, can do a bit of fifteen not very exciting. No, no, he is Wrong.
2: He is the real deal, and it's it's almost been a shame that his first kind of dozen or so caps have come at thirteen, which isn't his natural position and isn't his best position. Because mm. I think if you'd have seen more of him at, at fifteen in a green shirt, you would more people would know just how good he is.
1: Lots of pride Ulsterman um, and pr- pride Irishman. Uh, yes, after that result. Uh, one Irishman who will, will have been proud and disappointed all at the same time, um, Irishman for, in inverted commas, CJ Stander. Yes. Um, right, well, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to oh, no, go no, into no, a, no,
3: Please
2: stop, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we should cover not, this no. for more than two minutes. Exactly. But I think it's worth mentioning.
1: All right, so I've on many previous podcasts gone into a big flat spin and a rage about (laughs) red card decisions and referees not having empathy for the game and rugby going soft and accidents happen, etc. So all I will say is, firstly, sad to see any player get injured, Patrick Lambie. Always a concern to see a player get a head injury. Mm -hmm. So completely, um, you know, it was didn't want to see any player and you don't want to see Pat Lambie do that. But... Accidents can, do, and will happen in rugby. And when accidents happen, it doesn't always mean there has to be someone to blame by the very nature of an accident. Um, not every accident is caused by recklessness. And when it is reckless, I think it, it's, it's right to deal with it. And we've differed on our opinions before. Mm-hmm. Um, this, in my opinion, wasn't reckless. It, it wasn't dangerous. It was unfortunate. And I think what was really interesting is that, that Rory... Best actually asked the referee when he was chatting to him, Ref, are you just ruling on what happened and what he meant by that is, are you just giving a red card because the guy is on the floor injured? Mm -hmm. Or are you giving a red card because it was reckless and dangerous? And I think, had it been Paddy Jackson doing a charge-down kick and just brushed Pat Lambie's shoulder and probably Paddy Jackson was the one that got bounced off, I don't think that would have been
3: um, ruled a red card. No, I completely completely agree. It wouldn't be because he brushed his shoulder. Um, I would say... I two things. One, when I saw it, I immediately said red card. Uh, I didn't that doesn't mean I want it to be a red card. That doesn't mean if I wrote the rules it would be a red card. But when I saw it, I knew it was a red card. Which really is kind of all I re- I've ever asked is consistency in the application of the application of the laws. Secondly, do I want it to be a red card? No, not really. Um but on the other hand, there is, way, there is a way to charge someone down, and it's not by turning turning your hip in, and you know, jumping in someone's face. You know, if you want to charge it down, I would argue that he probably you didn't jump into
1: someone's face. That's, I think a, he did. that's, that's
3: exactly what he did. That's, that's, I, no, 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 hold on. He jumped and twisted his hip in someone's face.
1: Oh my! Oh, so, oh, fine. No, no, no that I'm, is like just I'm talking. Not, I'm, not, I'm not getting into it. Pat Lambie was moving forward. <laughs> CJ Stander was moving forward. Okay, did
3: his hip hit his face?
1: Right. That that's a, that's a very different <laughs> point.
3: Sounds like the same one to me. No, no, no. <laughs>
1: that's a very different point and less emotive than he jumped into Pat Lambie's face. Did did CJ Stander's hip and Pat Lambie's face collide? Yes, both players were moving forward, uh, but no, he did not jump into. His face i think, I I think
3: th- you
2: just described the motion of jumping yeah. in someone's face i feel like we're going back to the joe yeah. marler kick not no kick
3: well i, I, um, I don't know that was a swinging shin i think this to a forehead well, yeah
2: sorry not a kick to the head all
3: yeah, right, yeah fine fine, uh, fine. just,
1: just uh, uh, my- rugby podcast give us your thoughts i force. think do you know can what can I, can I, just, just,
3: Tim, I think it's a coaching point i think the coaching point is joe like joe with the high balls now they very rarely contest unless it's you know a really uh, good chance yeah they let them land and they hit them because it's a coaching point now charge downs. If this is a dangerous thing, not it's dangerous to the individual, dangerous to the team because of a red card, they need to coach it differently. Yeah. And the same with the NFL. If you look at the the, the oh. NFL, hold, holding penalties, that sort of thing, I they coach around it. I
1: don't disagree. If that is going to get given a red card, then you might as well just not bother.
3: Well, just. So I would just
1: say the the the. the, 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 the Lack of empathy, the game going a little bit soft, having to have someone to blame when accidents happen in a full contact sport. Yeah, I, I just think I just think it, it, it's spoiling it for me. And fortunately, we're not sat here going uh, arguing whether it caused Ireland to lose. And arguably, it was more heroic a result and more memorable a result because of it. But that doesn't mean I think it should have been a red card. I definitely uh, don't. Can I
3: ask you a different question? Not Do you think it should have been a red card? But do you think a red card was going to be given when you saw the incidents? based on what you've seen pre, yeah. what you've seen in the past I'm not saying six you think it should so. should be a red card which sounds like a ridiculously structured question but did you think the ref was going to give a red card
1: I thought he was I, I was thinking oh he's going to give a blooming yellow card for that it was clearly uh, like an, an, an unintended consequence both players um, moving for I I just thought it was a, an accident Play on. I'm really sorry. CJ Stander should have gone and shaken his hand as he walked off. As it was his have...
3: very limp hand. As his, <laughs> yeah, as he was being carried off on a stretcher. Oh
1: well, obviously. Well, so what you're doing is what Rory Best was that asking is... the ref. Is like, are you are you basing the decision about what that's what I've said, to of... that's what said? Well, that's no, you're, you're going. Oh, he went and shook his very limp hand. Like that's relevant. That's not the point. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. I'm just saying that's that's right. what I would have
2: done. All right. Go ahead. Quick question, just a quick question, because yeah, okay. I want to get off this. Yeah, let's get off this. Quick question. If, More! If, if, it was, if it was not his hip and it was his shoulder that was both late and high and connected with his head, what would you say then?
1: What, what do you mean?
2: If it wasn't if it was his hip that connected with Lambie's head and it was his shoulder... What, what was well, his as, shoulder? As, in,
1: as in he was running at him?
2: Uh, or diving at him. He, he got in the air, so he t- took it out of control. If it was his shoulder rather than his hip that had knocked him out, would you say that's a red card
1: hold on do you think a player's any more in control when they're committed to a tackle but on the floor feet on the floor or committed well no 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 then...
2: no dude no, no. feet on the floor if you're if you're in the air if you're diving or jumping you're less in control than if your feet are planted
1: do you know what? I, I, I want to get off it because it's it's it's, okay. it, it's it's just it. it, it bugs. I could do
3: another twenty minutes. Bu- I, I could do another twenty it, minutes. It
1: bugs me about where the game has got to and 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 the things we're talking about, and I can't. I, I actually it's
3: just. Uh, I I'm, I'm, just ama- this, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. Th- one thing, Tim. This is the only thing I would say on the issue. The fact, as long as I know what the rules are, it's fine because you can coach around it. Laws. Look, thank you. <laughs> oh, actually, important points. The South African referee in the Saxons game referred to the laws as rules. Outrage. <laughs> Outrage. <laughs> you, you actually text me to yeah. say, Phil, Phil, <laughs> you Phil. You pedant. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, but I don't, I don't think that was a referee. And um, I don't think that that was laws being broken. I think that was player got hurt. We need to, we need to have someone to blame. Well, we, there needs to be a reason why that injury happens. So therefore, yeah, there, there must I, there must be a red card issued because he got agree. knocked out. I do
3: agree. I agree with you that if he hadn't been knocked out, or if he just stayed on the, on his feet or something, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be be red card. And do you know what? I'll take this one step further. If I'm playing on like a soggy kind of pitch, you know, like quite a soft one, and someone touches me in the air, I'm I might. Preferential landing spot is somewhere between head and he- head and shoulder to get the other guy sent off. Now,
4: <laughs> in fact, I'd be I'd
3: be running I'd be running training well, sessions. That's uh, mm-hmm. in the new laws brought in by World
2: Rugby. That is a uh, simulation. My head, sir, my head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, do you know what? You're right. You can have your say on Twitter or whatever, but um, uh, I've made my point very clear. I think the, you two have made your point very clear, and that's and that's fine. And I'm probably um, just going to be. A lone voice shouting in years to come. <laughs> Was it wasn't like this in the good old days. Uh, so fine. I'd rather uh, pick on the positives. And yes. th- there were lots of players over the weekend, and we'll get onto some others that that have defied critics. And Devon Toner has got a little bit of criticism from us, and yeah. had a, had a fine, fine performance. He's not just someone who's freakishly tall. Yeah, he's not just a BFG. He can play rugby. Yeah, and, and
2: I think basically anyone that was playing in that Island game. I can't think of anyone who kind of stood out for... People made individual mistakes like the Paddy Jackson intercept, but the uh, overall quality of the performance all round was absolutely superb. And everyone just kind of stood up. Heroic defence, intelligent um, play going forward, intelligent offence. The two halfbacks, Murray and, um, Murray and Jackson, were absolutely superb. Um, And also, uh, there is another side to this. So Ireland were brilliant, um, but I do feel that South Africa almost played into their hands a little bit. They played what felt like either a very limited game plan, or when they did try and go wide, they made mistakes, and that might be because of the Irish pressure. But you would would normally back a South African or any Southern Hemisphere side to beat a 14-man Northern Hemisphere side. Mm. And I think as as good a performance as it was from Ireland, and it was superb, there will be some massive questions raised in South Africa over the, their team, their tactics, the decision-making, the quality of their play.
1: A couple of tweets uh, on the Ireland win that came into at Rugby Podcast. One from Nick Jepson said, Hooray, Ireland are as good as Japan. What a result. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Derry Gasman says, The Irish nation would... Fond, uh, would like to thank England for the gift of Andy Farrell and Billy Conkey on Twitter said the new Dan C- Dean Carter's Racing 92 is Andy Farrell's
3: Irish defense well at least we know that Andy Farrell wasn't the problem now in the English setup
1: well certainly not once he uh, certainly not when he's not got any influence on selection and yeah, he just does point, defense
2: yeah yeah that is a good point actually
1: Hmm. Uh, and it was it was it was pointed out as well on on twitter that, that bench warmers who are generally football fans but they're like irish sport um website and people uh, they put a tweet out going full time 10 man island beats south africa <laughs> <laughs> oh that, how awkward on the full time
2: when south africa were pressing and you're just thinking, right? Here comes the try. They're going to score, and they're going to convert it, and it's going to be exactly like Ireland against New Zealand a couple of years ago. Or oh, South Africa oh, yeah. Wales in the World Cup, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and that tackle in the corner.
3: Oh, it, it I kind of personifies it, it because they were all there. And you know when the team is really up for it because the tackles come in ones, twos that you've got that extra step, you know, that extra string in your step to make the tackle. to yeah. uh, Help out your mates. Happened at the end of the first half and the end of the second half. Yeah. The end of the second half is arguably more important yeah it was it, it, yeah. yes yeah definitely more important yeah much more important <laughs> uh,
1: just briefly going back to the, um, the red card not, not talking about the red card but all, the Good. one thing that did surprise me was it was a French referee and with all the gouging and foul play he must see week in week out that's, that's <laughs> why it <laughs> surprised me but, uh, it, was, it was absolutely outstanding and uh, rightly so uh, Ireland should be really proud but like I think you're absolutely right Phil to point out that South Africa will be uh, putting their team under the microscope yes um, definitely uh, so, so we've done a, a special podcast just focusing on England against Australia with our Australian counterparts from the Green and Gold podcast. You can get that on iTunes as well on our Egg Chasers feed. Um, so, we're going to talk a, a little bit more in depth about obviously Wales, New Zealand. But so, how about we just quickly rattle through a couple of points that maybe we didn't cover, or various other things about England. Um, and I'm happy to lead off with with this one and say that uh, I apologise. DJ Hask you can go and do a deep house techno DJ set and film it while you dance as much as you want this week because um your 92% upper body and 8% well 7% leg and 1% bants um, did the business in Brisbane he was unbelievable I've never seen Haskell play like that not for England
2: not for was, not for Stad when he was there not for the Highlanders never he was he was, as we said on the uh, the Green and Gold podcast, if if um, Pocock or Hooper had had that performance, you would be using that to say this is why they're the best one, well, the, the best players in the world. Yeah. He was everywhere. His defense was superb. He got, he got three turnovers. His break um, oh, and his step. The step of Dane Hale at Petty, it was incredible. Yeah,
1: the last game he had that was that was that good. Was in the Millennium Stadium uh, when DJ Spoony was doing the old when,
2: when he scored two tries. Yeah, when he scored but even two... that, wasn't and, that and, good.
1: Ran in, and ran into the post protector. But <laughs> even that wasn't that. It wasn't.
2: He was just superb. He was absolutely brilliant.
1: The, the worry is that well, and as you rightly pointed out, it, that that took his performances at international level to a whole new level. Is will he back that up or will he go back to uh, the hask we've known?
2: Well, for me, I'm a bit worried because. There was a few times where he was going for the turnover um, and he was right on the cusp of either getting a penalty his way or getting a penalty against him. And the decisions went his way this week, which I think might give him a little bit of extra confidence and he'll hold on for that extra second and he'll try a, a few new things next week. And I think we could see uh, a, perform- <laughs> a bad performance next week. A standard, where it all, where a standard it all goes wrong. maybe. Maybe more standard, uh, yeah, where there was... Those kind of borderline decisions don't go his way, and he gets frustrated, and he gives more penalties
1: away, and he doesn't make yards, and he doesn't make the hits. So we'll see. Well done, uh, well done, DJ Hask. Um, um, and finally, you, you you look at it and you go, uh, "We've had Martin Johnson, Andy Robinson, Stuart Lancaster, and uh, the difference that a proper, wily, experienced international coach makes, making big calls." And creating a an attitude amongst the players um just it, it, he's been fantastic,
2: yeah, yeah, and it was it was um, interesting but quite pleasing to see at eighty minutes uh the scenes in the the box where Eddie Jones and Glenella were both celebrating and rightly so yeah, but it's just kind of I don't know, celebrating a win against your
3: own nation, it was quite good to see. Well, from, I mean, from an English from an yeah. English fan's perspective, you know, the English Union are paying him a shed loads of money. Yeah, a shed load. So uh, he should be celebrating. Yes, I agree. <laughs> money uh, well spent.
1: I think the mark of a man is accepting that um, you're wrong sometimes, and so uh, you know, I think it's important that, that you you can say you're wrong when you're wrong, and he. Acknowledged he was wrong and made a bad call picking Burrell by making a change after half an hour, and I just I say that that's the mark of a good man. Uh, Any bloke that you know that goes, you know what, hands up, I got that wrong, I'm sorry, and any bloke that in business or in sport can go, I got that wrong, but I'm going to do something about it. I think that's um, that's a a sign of a great coach.
2: Yeah, and it was interesting that he made the decision so early, but it was almost immediately vindicated.
1: Uh, Itoji short shorts. Um the extra material used for Mako Vernapola's humongous shorts. I I don't understand the disparity in the size of shorts between some England players and others. I, what's going on? Comfort fit. Yeah. Mako's a humongous. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely huge. Um
3: Yeah, well we, like we say we talked about that. You're very quiet there, JB. Oh no, sorry, I'm 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 looking at my levels. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I'm getting really into microphones at the moment. Uh yeah. I, <sighs> I, I'm still actually gobsmacked by exactly how well this England team are doing with a f- with pretty much exactly the same team, yeah, and this fairy dust of Atoji too, um, compared to the last team. I just, it's just it's just staggering, and I think something was alluded to when Haskell got man of the match. He said, "Yeah, I, you know, I've been looked after. I feel uh, I feel special on and off the pitch." This um, <laughs> this should have been happening to be fair about three years ago. It,
1: I, I've. Uh, I feel special on and off the pitch. Something Did like he that. really say that? Something
3: very similar, you know. Oh, I've been God. made to feel special.
1: I don't know how that's, I feel about that. that. Yeah, that's a
3: bit unusual. Yeah, uh, but he also said that uh, he's always kept kept on his feet, he's he always he's been told that um you know you could you can lose your place at any time. Uh I, I don't know just this England setup now just seems to be getting the absolute best out of this b- bunch of lads. And it's a good bunch of lads too. Yeah, yeah. it's
1: a good bunch of lads. Do you, do you want to hear uh, uh, Haskell's latest uh, Instagram chat? Do I? He's been uh, so he just busted in. Haskell had his top off standard. Uh, <laughs> I saw a
2: lot of pictures with Haskell <laughs> with his top off after this game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he
1: sure, yeah, he made yeah. He definitely has distributed far and wide. He knows when his PR value is at his highest. He <laughs> hold on, hold on, don't take the picture. Let me take the top off. Um yeah. uh, he's he's busted in on Owen Farrell having a little rub down. Nah, we have some fun though, don't we? But yeah. we're good. We're good mates, Owen and I. Like he's always doing this. He always pretends not to, the, not to want to talk to me, but he, he actually does. Isn't that right, Owen? Get the video because you've got your top off. <laughs> Whoa! See, <laughs> see what I mean? He pops out a little bit, but he, he's always like, at me. But actually, behind closed doors, he's always like, "Oh, house I love you. Like we're such good mates. Like let's go for a coffee. Isn't that right, bud?" No.
3: Nah. Yeah, no. He's, he's, he's for no means yes up north. You know, he goes no, 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 but he means yes. Yeah, we're friends. Good,
1: good He's actually taken on that. Do you remember when he did that spoof video of the... Uh, the stag do. The stag do guy. What what was the phrase he used in that? Did that? Uh, the greatest day of my life. The gr- greatest day of my yeah. life. Guilty. Uh, yeah. Me and the boys, Guilty. Four, four drinks in the first hour. Guilty. <laughs> He's actually <laughs> taken on that persona in everyday life now. <laughs> well, certainly on Instagram. It always surprises me how northern Owen Farrell is. No, Farrell and Ford, yeah, you,
3: very I, northern. Do you think there's a certain kickback now because they're at these southern clubs, surrounded by you know, it, particularly uh, Farrell. Although I'm sure he went to private school himself, but. You know, uh, thrown in, uh, in St Albans with all these uh, yahoos yeah uh, so uh, the kickback is he's got to be as northern as possible he's got to eat pies and... him and Chris Ashton yeah Got stuff to... stuffing pies down the throat You've Got go <laughs> walking and... their whippets yeah race, race a whippet uh... and pigeon fancying that sort of thing
1: <laughs> I half expected him to start complaining about wildlings in his post-match interview um, and I think it's uh, Jay on the flip side Jonathan Joseph is there a more well-spoken posher sounding human on planet earth than JJ
3: Mm. Good old JJ, uh, and I can tell it to you now. In the England kit launch we went to last year, he looks the best in that kit. Oh yeah, in real life,
1: unbelievable V oh, yeah. on that yeah. body.
3: Mm. Good arms.
1: Yeah. Um, well, there. Anyway, we we talked at length about England Australia. So listen to the other podcast for more about that one. But. Um, There was much more rugby going on. Um, Do you you want to briefly mention, seeing as we're on England, do you want to briefly
2: mention the two other England games that happened this weekend? The the under-20s, which you were at, Tim, and the Saxons, which was on Friday night. Uh,
1: Yeah, briefly with the under-20s. So, yeah, I've been working at the World Rugby Under-20 Championship. England are top of their pool. They've beaten Italy and Scotland. They've got a big game against Australia, but I I think they will beat Australia comfortably. I think they're probably favourites to win the whole tournament at the moment. They... Um, I've got some really exciting looking players. I mean, just when you think Harry Mallinder, Johnny Williams were in were in that back line for England in their game against Scotland. Um but I just want to mention Joe Marchant, young outside centre. Where's he from? He, I know quins, the names quins Quinns yeah. Absolutely rapid outside centre. Um and has a very similar game to um J Yeah. So he he's definitely one that I that I I want to watch out for. And um Sale sharks have got a good flanker in George. Knott. Jack Walker, the hooker, at, at, who's at, at Leeds, uh, Yorkshire Carnegie. Well, isn't he? Is
2: he not now signed for Bath? Oh, has he? I think he's signed for Bath, which is one of the reasons why they've let Webber go. He looks great. Ah, is he's that the right? Ca- England under 20s captain for the last two years. I he, think he
1: looks great. As does the. Well, In fact, the whole all, all the all the England front rows just. Battered Scotland Uh, on the Scottish side. By the way, is there a more Scot? They have some of the most Scottish-sounding names ever. They had a they had a player called uh, Scott Scott Burnside, (laughs) fly half Blair Kinghorn. Uh,
2: Kinghorn's a good player as well. Yeah, he is. He's he's a very handy player. He's one Uh, of the few players who I thought came looked good in a team that was obviously beaten 44 uh, nil
1: but possibly what one of the biggest results of the weekend and i'll brief uh, i'll move off the under 20s we can get on to saxons and, and then wales new zealand but ireland beat new zealand under 20s the first ever time an, an, an Ireland men's team has beaten a new zealand men's
3: team is that right wow yeah did they count as men's team or the kids teams well
1: under 20s yeah, men's yeah. Team. if you're over 18 yeah, you're guess a man so. they're all you? playing
3: premiership clubs aren't they
1: and watch out for well max deegan the the number eight looks great um but the, the halfbacks and Connacht, the, the Connacht feel-good factor is is continuing with Irish rugby. But in, in both their games, they've beaten Wales, who were the Grand Slam champions, and they've beaten New Zealand, who were the world champions. And their halfbacks, both from Connacht, Stephen Kerrins, the fly half, he looks like Stringer 2.0. He's little, quick, bullet pass. And Bill
3: Johnston, the fly half, is one to watch. Mm. Ooh, good good well, calls for it, the future, yeah. Tim. Uh, well actually i'm having the welsh under 20s coach in here on when am i having him on tuesday so if you've got any under 20s questions mm. uh we've got chris horseman in which would Wh- be good fun
1: wales had uh, keelan giles their winger flown out he's he's gone out to f- been flown he, had, he scored two tries in the opening game and uh and he's and he's been flown out to new zealand for the first because
3: i know we've got the chiefs coming up and that is on the tuesday tuesday but, but you i don't won't, think he's going any... be there in time for that they will, will they? be yeah so he's not going to make the tests so it's a lot of air miles to put under his belt yeah. Let's get him there and is then it, send him home again. He's
1: only ni- 18, 19?
2: George North is out, isn't he? Potentially. What? He is. George North's out. Potentially. Oh, he's a hamstring oh, injury. More
3: than likely. More than likely. <laughs> Did you not know that? What? Heard, <laughs> Sorry. I saw something like very briefly at like George Oh, Sorry to
2: be the bearer what? of bad news, Jay. It's
3: over. Anyway,
1: <laughs> the, the the under-20s championship, if you're anywhere near Manchester, get along, it's really good. But the Saxons, yeah.
2: Yeah. Saxons on Friday night. Um, Sippers! Sippers there was a few people who were impressed. Um, Sipper's played well. Mike Haley. Mike Haley was superb. He was the, great. Co- the South African commentators, they obviously didn't know who he was before the the start of the game. They very much knew who he was after the game, and they were kind of moaning and groaning every time he got the ball because he was so dangerous. He was punching holes everywhere. So Haley was brilliant. Robson, um, for the twenty five minutes that he was on the pitch, was superb. Yeah, um, he was. He really was. He's He cannot be far behind um, Karen Young's. For, it, for it, is he still behind ball. Simpson? No, because he was starting ahead of Simpson for most of the season. Mm-hmm. So he, it, it was an injury
3: to Simpson initially that allowed him to... What is wrong with Gloucester? What is wrong with him? I mean, yeah, I get it. Laidlaw's the captain. But they've let this guy go who's really, really good. And really he should, good. He should have been starting. And yeah. they are what? Sixth in the league or something? Uh, no,
2: no lower than that. Yeah, so if
1: yeah. Argu- arguably you could say arguably that uh, James Hook calls Dan Robson to leave because they don't have a kicking fly half. They had to.
3: Ha- you have to have Laidlaw. You can't. Yeah, you can't give uh, Robson any minutes. Maybe, but I mean, you know, Hook won a game in the last minute from a kick from the halfway line. He's not a bad kicker. Yeah, I just think that Laidlaw's a better one. Yeah, Laidlaw is a better kicker. Um, and that, I mean the try Dan, Dan Robson scored where he did his ham, did his hamstring, it was so casual. It looked like it looked stepping like, inside, stepping outside. It's kind of like schoolboy rugby. I mean, he he took his foot off the gas so he could go lat, like laterally quicker if that makes sense. It was, it was impressive stuff. And the South Africans weren't too bad. They had a very good back row out. Yeah, I like, I like that Na, uh, nazim Kar. He looks like a beast. Prince Nazim Karmed. Prince Prince Nasim Karmed. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He looks quite handy. In fact, the whole back row looked looked. Uh, looked very good, but England have got some real strength in depth now.
2: Well, the other the other player who I thought was absolutely superb, who I've not seen a huge amount of this season, was Hepburn. The ex- oh yeah, the ex- yeah, yeah. To yeah. said his it mean he scored the first try, um, but his scrummaging was very good against a massive South African pack. Yep. and his work around it, it was his work around the park because that's you, it. you normally get with front rows, props in particular. It's either they're a very good scrummager. Or they're very good around the park, and you get very few who are kind of very high level at both. Like Gethin Jenkins in his prime could do both superbly. Mm. Hepburn almost has that feel where he's got the his early days to be talking him up to that kind of level, but he has the work rate and he has the the solidity as well. Yeah, and he, and he has the mullet, and he has the mullet. Yeah, very I never, important.
3: I noticed him um, quite a lot this season, uh, to be fair, but only in terms of his play around the park. Now the extra scrum is is a good is a good scrimmage. But, you know, at club level, you can get away with less. Sorry, more. Um, I I was equally as impressed uh, with him uh, for the Saxons. And if you can continue this, I don't see why I wouldn't get a look at for the England Well, he would be probably,
2: based on that, he would be fourth choice for England now. But But the guys ahead of him are some very, very good players.
3: But uh, but he's probably first choice in terms of of his work rate. Because I think the key to Exeter's success is how much... um, production they get from that front three
1: well just as yeah. you're right to point out the difference between premiership and international rugby i think it's also right to point out the huge step up from saxons to first yes. team. Massive.
3: yeah that is fair because you've basically got two invitational teams haven't you they've not yeah they don't meet up all the time you've had a week together basically yeah. so that's a very fair point
2: but it was it was also interesting to see so first half it felt like it was fairly even but england were more clinical um and they built quite a comfortable lead, and then second half because they were playing altitude in Bloomfontein, they're playing 1,400 meters up. England just fell apart in that second half, and it was they almost lost it. And South Africa a came back very very well, and it was only that was it Devoto who scored from the uh, James off- offload right in the last second that actually sealed the victory, mm-hmm. yeah. which was from a turnover where South Africa c-
3: could have gone on to victory. Well, oh. right, JB, you've got something for us. I I do. I have a who am I? So we know the rules. One, uh, I'll start reading out information. One of you can have a guess, and then the other one can have their guess. And if you're wrong, you can't interject, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Right? Okay, cool. So, <laughs> who am I? I started my career at Lanethley. I got one cap. Ooh. Hmm. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, I then... No sorry. I have also had time in Toulon. In addition to playing for for Toulon, I have also played for Cardiff Blues.
1: Is it I was
3: sorry, I was born in nineteen eighty two.
1: Oh that changes it slightly. Hmm. Um the the I'm I'm gonna guess. The the younger Quinnell brother
3: the young, oh, that's, that's a, Craig, a Craig, Craig Quill. No, no, it's it's you not. Didn't Craig go to Quill. France, damn it! Did he go? I think he went to France.
1: Oh, I don't know. Damn yeah. it! <laughs> yeah, might I'd... have
3: gone to Toulon. Um, he made his name with a long-range international kick, which is considered his coming of age. Oh, go on, keep going. <laughs> I think I know who this is. <laughs> <laughs> and is renowned for his outrageous hairstyles. <laughs> he also... Go and read more. <laughs> he also had a small time <laughs> out, the, out of the game with an Achilles tendon injury. Yes. And uh, a small time out of the game due to uh, a partner who was also famous for singing. Yes, yeah. Well, uh, yes, maybe. Uh, in 2009, Mike Turner, the Crusaders, um, uh, Super League team, Asked him to switch codes. Any guesses? Did he actually switch codes? No, he
2: didn't. No, he didn't. I'm going to say Super Gavin Henson. It
3: is indeed Super Gavin Henson. One cap.
1: The one cap thing threw me. I was trying to think of Welshman who had no caps. Oh, no, sorry.
3: Flanethle, one cap for Flanethle.
1: Oh, I thought one international cap. was... Oh, God. Oh, well done, Phil.
3: Yeah, I'm still looking for a player, and I've never found him. And me and Brian Williams talk about this all the time. Is there a player that's played for every region in Wales? Well, you're asking the wrong man. <laughs> Probably the wrong men. So, uh, I've, the ones I'm, I'm sure I've, there's a, I think a Richie, listener. I think Richie Musto has played for like almost all of them except for one. Mike Phillips has played for all of them except for one. Has and it, it seems yeah. that Gavin Henson has played for all of them except for one, which is Newport Gwent Dragons.
1: Mike Phillips and Gavin Henson do a lot of playing, that's for sure. That's right. (laughs) That's (laughs) right. Uh... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right, Wales then. Let's talk Wales. Finally. It's the hope that will kill him. (laughs) What what did you mean when you just said finally? Oh, we've been waiting for this. No, it it was a good game. I I, I really enjoyed this game. I thought you meant the finally that I... Kind of, My reaction to the game was, particularly the first half, where it was, finally, Warren Gatland is letting the boys play. (laughs) Um, That
2: wasn't my initial reaction now, but I did agree with that sentiment when I was watching it. I thought, that's outside of the the England game in the World Cup and outside of the England game in the Six Nations, where they only did it for the last 10-15 minutes because they had to. Because they had to, yeah. It felt like Wales were trying to play a more expansive game right from the start. Um, and it paid dividends. There's not many teams. Kind who, of. Well, there's not many teams. Sort who, of. There's not many teams who go uh, in an away test in New Zealand who go into the halftime break leading. Hmm.
3: Well. Yes. Fine. It, uh,
1: so uh, J B and I on 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 Twitter and in in on various conversations differ greatly on this. So I'd be interested to think uh, see what you think about this one. But I I saw this as the start of the end. Well, no, I saw this as Warren Gatlin finally putting Gatlin ball on the shelf and realizing it's not going to work, okay. and 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 finally Jamie Roberts was passing, the ball was going th- through three pairs of hands to the wings uh, early. Um, Liam Williams in the back three were attacking from inside their own ha- half. It was um, it was a completely different
3: approach by Wales, and and I think all the better for it. A fantastic second half by New Zealand. So- Okay, so Gatlin ball, depending on what your definition is, and this is my definition, the Gatlin ball is a system of play which is predicated on hard work, good basics, solid defence. Now, if you do something in the Gatlin, in the Gatlin system and you get a reaction, then the Gatlin system will naturally change. I don't think there's anything, there's anything wrong with that. And the great example for me were the kicks in the first half. You've just said it was very expansive rugby. I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. You said two or three. Did you say outside of the first 20? or No, no. I, 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 said,
1: I said it was brilliant to see Jamie Roberts passing. It was brilliant to see the wingers getting the ball earlier.
3: Mm. And it was brilliant to see the back three attacking from inside their own yeah. half. So, I mean, if you looked at the first 20 minutes, there were a lot of kicks. I mean, there weren't just a lot of kicks. There were a lot of planned kicks. At one point, he had Dan Bigger in like a sprinter's pose. So, not only does Dan know that they're going to kick the whole The whole pitch knows they 're going to kick because the first receiver is in like a, like hands on the floor ready to bolt and that I think that was probably the most effective tactic that Wales had in pinning New Zealand back and when New Zealand had to go back to uh, retrieve the kick. That's that's usually when it um, when the ball becomes open because you've got all fifteen guys from New Zealand with their backs turned turned turn towards the players getting realigned, and that cre- that is creating a lot of broken play. Same with the Bradley Davis thing. Bradley Davis just fly out the ball from his own twenty-two in, into in, into opposi- opposition ten, and that gave him a very a very good platform. Fundamentally, Gatland ball, which everyone talks about, I think it's often confused with playing a tight game versus playing a wide game. I actually think it's all about playing your basics extremely well and then from that you can build different layers to but to your game. Just, just well just on yeah, that on. point
2: can you name a single top tier nation besides France under Livremont mm-hmm. who don't try and do the basics well and then play from there? <laughs> no, no, because um, that that is so what you're describing. So that that is not Gallon ball. That is the baseline for every every international rugby team, every rugby team, everyone <sighs> everywhere. The difference in, in my mind it's almost a limited game plan yeah, it's playing risk. playing simple risk averse risk averse is a good way and what wales yeah. did in that first half was not risk averse you he had, he had fallotau at one stage running out of his own 22 offload into north and it worked well and okay. one of the, one of the things that just just on this very point one of the things that you've said previously about gatland ball is that wales don't have the capability to do it yeah. and i i Go back I, I, I did i did i agreed with that mm. because i'd not seen it and now we've seen, in three instances, both those England games, I've said before, and in this game, they actually do, they have the capability to play a slightly more expansive game. And it was, it, from from my point of view,
3: watching, it was good to see. Well, I would... OK, that's all very fair and reasoned points. Um, I would just say, look at the emphasis that Gatlin puts on certain things over, over others. So he's only got a limited amount of time with his players. And I would say far more time is spent in the Welsh camp working on their fitness because they're far more concerned about um, a work rate and things which aren't se- sexy rugby stuff rather than, say, other teams that do a lot more skill-based stuff, a lot more pattern ba- pattern-based stuff, which is why the Welsh game plan is so simple. They simply have limited time and they believe that working hard and the fitness side of it is is far more important. And that probably does lead to a more um, a more narrow game. The other thing, uh, uh, The other thing as well is that game plan... I still maintain, is suited to the players that Wales have got. Next year, Wales are going to have a team, and I think only two or three of them will be playing Heineken Cup rugby. That is it. So let's not kid ourselves that these are world, world-class players, or they'd be qualifying for the Heineken Cup. It's just a system which allows them to play the, the best possible way. Now, if they identify a weakness, and I do think they genuinely thought uh, all blacks were weaker in around the centres well it makes sense to target that but fundamentally they've not done anything different they've, they've just done the basics well they've worked hard they've identified a weakness and stuck with the game plan I,
1: I, okay. I, I'm, I'm really surprised to hear you say that that you think that there was no difference between that Wales that uh, played in New Zealand and the Wales that we have seen under Warren Gatland the results are
3: different I mean, the actual so, well, product will be different at the end, but the, the process to get to that end result is exactly the same. No, I, 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 I disagree. I completely disagree. I,
2: I think there was a conscious effort to, to play a bit wider, play a bit more through the hands, offload a bit more. I, I, it appeared to me as a contract effort.
1: Not only did it appear to me, but
2: Warren Gatland actually in his post-match
1: press conference, Sam Warburton in his pre-match chat said he's we're looking to play um, a, a different type of rugby. You find me R- read every newspaper article that's that's there in the Sunday papers today, JB, and I think you are kind of a lone voice suggesting that this it's is what Wales is have same. always done. Um, this
3: is just all you're doing is falling into the clickbaity mentality right. of uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, of you know. Na- of of the national press, um, it is exactly the same process. <laughs> yeah, the emphasis might might be different, but it's not. My point is, it's not the end of Gatland, Ball and it's not this huge oh, no. mind. I this don't think huge sea change that everyone else that everyone else thinks it is. Fundamentally, the most the, the most effective weapon was their kicking. You know, their kicking and the kick chase that isn't that isn't expansive expansive rugby. I disagree with that. That that was the most effective weapon. It was it was the first twenty, and
2: the, as soon the, as the, the All Blacks f- adjusted Fala, to that, Falatau try was not from kicking. No. It was it was through going wide. Uh, f- after, after and, eight minutes.
1: yeah, minutes. and Liam Willi- and 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 Rhys Webb's try from
3: Liam Williams both broken field offloads. Um, yeah, look, I mean, but... if if you do break break the line, clearly you're going to be playing differently. If you are kicking and they drop four back, then you will play differently. I mean that that isn't that isn't rocket science. But yeah,
2: so what it's... what you're saying from what you saw, they didn't. Their decision-making uh, and their strategy and intent to play was no different from any of the times in the Six Nations, any of well, times in the World Cup. It's is
3: the process to get there is the same, which is oh, the no, same no, emphasis that, on basics and fitness, yeah. and that that's, that's all the, it is. That's the same as... Ev- An implementation of a tight game that's plan. Not the, that's the uh, same as no, every... No, that's not your version of Gatland ball.
1: Well, then every international team plays Gatland ball. Then
3: yeah, every every rugby team. Yeah, which is why it's a if, force. The if, whole if, the whole Gatlin well, ball no, thing is a force.
1: Well, no, but you were the one two weeks ago after England saying, yeah, you see, this no, is what Tim, we do. What we have said, to go back to Gatland ball. We have to just p- do. We have to do all have, the risk-free things that yes, we can control. We have, to,
3: we have to do all those basics well to allow us to play rugby. That's what you've got to do. And that's exactly what the alleged Gatlin ball is. It's just basics done well with good fitness. I'd be interested
1: interested to hear from other Welshmen if you you, you, agree on this one or not.
3: Can I just mention the bit about Gatlin saying he wants to play more rugby? Please God find me a director of rugby who was interviewed and didn't and came up with the words. Do you know what we wanted to play less rugby? That's Ooh, not what they you, say. They never hear? say we want to play less rugby because it's a thing to influence the fans and the officials that we were the team playing rugby. You that's, frequently that's they did. you frequently hear directors of rugby saying we wanted to play a controlled, measured game. We knew our our scrum and they our set piece. Always would. say we, we no. were the, we were the team trying to play the rugby. <laughs> anytime I, that there's a decision going against them, we were the ta- we were the team trying to play the rugby. Tim, so you want to open this up to a Welsh fan? Yeah. I want to open this up to anyone who's
2: done uh, psychology as a stud- studied psychology as a student because this is, in my mind, a perfect example of cognitive dissonance. Oh no, here we go. And any- anyone listening, if you know what that is, uh, well,
1: it'd be interesting
2: to get your perspective on that.
3: Tim did psychology.
1: I did. I did. What, what do you understand it to? to what, what do you understand it to mean in this in this sense? It's um, if if a viewpoint rejects
2: your own, or if if evidence rejects your own viewpoint you ignore that evidence is the yeah. basic fundamentals of co- cognitive dissonance. I think JB at the moment is a right. prime it's, example. It's like of that.
1: discomfort experience oh by by realizing you're you're I'm kind not, of an, you're, the, the facts aren't are wrong. You yeah. sort of you you feel a, entirely uncomfortable, and so you either
3: retreat and entrench. Well, the only way you or, you know, de, or you deny. The only yeah. way you would actually know is if you knew the Welsh um, the Welsh game plan, and if it was just you know, ripped up from from previous sessions, which I don't think it was, and. We all know that the premise of so-called Gatlin Ball is m- mostly fitness, mostly well, fitness, well, and, rast- mo- and taking, and taking no work. risks. And Jamie Roberts going Depen- over it depends what the game plan is for the opposition. That's okay. all it is. It's a it, they do stick rigidly to a game plan that is undoubt that is undoubtable, undoubtable. Whether it be going wide or it be going down the middle, that's it. That's all that Gatlin Ball is. But as for the um, as for the game itself, yeah. It, it, i don't know i don't know i don't it's just heartbreaking it's i like heartbreaking i like your comment before when you said it's the hope that kills you it does i knew it happened <laughs> i knew we'd be competitive for a little while and then we just fold like uh, unexpectedly competitive oh hang on yeah Oh, there's something there's something in this yeah. this isn't bad
2: And mean part of that again going back to the south africa island how much of it was uh island forcing mistakes or how much of it was south africa being terrible that first half particularly new zealand made a lot of uncharacteristic mistakes, a lot of basic handling errors, and how much of that was them being rusty and them not playing together, and yep. some new additions to the squad, and how much of it was Wales putting pressure on them. Well, can I say something else? Do you know when else they were, they, they were rusty? Uh, the first test against England... Correct. ...2014. Yeah. Uh,
3: so, I'm holding up no hope for next the next test or the test after. Well,
2: well it, interesting. It was the first two tests. uh friend of the podcast, uh, CJ... Mm-hmm. Um, who you described last week as uh, knowing nothing about rugby? <laughs> <laughs> um, he made a very good point um, that it was the first two tests England were actually competitive um, in the last in the 2014 tour, and it was the final test where New Zealand God, really cut God, loose. Yeah. And again, you're talking about the point in the last four months, England have spent two and a half, three months together as a group during mm-hmm. during the during the, um, the Six Nations and in the build-up to this, whereas. New Zealand, Australia, South Africa—they have only been together uh, for two weeks in the past nine, ten months. Mm. Uh, there is one international team, of course. We've seen nothing. We've seen nothing of uh, Japan. Oh no, Japan pl- beat Canada. Yeah, Scotland. We've seen nothing of. Oh yeah, where are Scotland? They're traveling to Japan. Right, that makes that. That's about.
3: That's about right.
2: I, I think uh, that'll be a good test. Yeah, we'll yeah, be a good Who's the one you were going to say, Jay? Well, France. Well, France are still playing the top 14. Racing beat uh, Toulouse yesterday. Um, Who plays today? Montpellier hosts Cast tonight. Meat Uh, grinder. um, Uh, But then, so that is the kind of knockout. It's the last six. It's the knockout stages for the semi-final next weekend and then the final the following weekend. France actually travel this week to Argentina, which means they'll have all their internationals from their... The top four teams won't be available for the first test. And what all the internationals from the top two teams won't be available for the second it and final test. It is such an utter mess. So they're going to play a, a test series in Australia, in Argentina against Argentina with most of their... Inter- well, not most, but their internationals who play for the top teams missing. Isn't it incredible?
3: I mean, I actually watched a <laughs> tiny bit of the uh, Racing game last night. Racing versus... Toulouse. 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 Yeah, And it is literally as exciting... As watching a... Uh, one of those professional butchers' meat grinders. Do you know when they throw uh, all the <laughs> meat and they run it at the lowest speed possible? That's how exciting watching French rugby is compared yeah. to the international. And they
1: say you don't want to see how the how the sausage is made. It's kind of like just I uh, just show us the picture of the top fourteen just winner. I don't, yeah. <laughs> don't want to see the process. Just tell tell us when Rassing have won it all. A whatever. low
3: electronical groan from a machine that produces high torque. That, yeah. that's, uh, uh, I've, uh,
2: I was dual-screening dual that and the England game. The England. Firm, um, football game and it it, normally i will be solely focused on the rugby if i'm watching rugby and football at the same time and it it just didn't do it for me it was just it's just dull it it was just kick 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 i mean rassing 21 points from seven penalties to lose at least did score a a try Mm. through gail fiku with 15 minutes to go but it wasn't pretty
1: the the um both the football and the top fourteen weren't things you should have watched, and they're definitely not going to get you going. What What would have done it for you will be would be the highlights of uh, England Australia again, and um, you can find those on Pornhub apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just search, search barely legal Itoji and uh, Haskell and brutal. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, I, I, f- from from the. Um...
3: I didn't like the little bit of stick I got from my northern accent on the last Green and Gold podcast where I wasn't here to defend myself. Well we we want a list of Australian names which sound so Australian. Well like Med
1: Tamua Tamua. Tamani Scott, Scott Fardy, Joe <laughs> Tamani.
2: <laughs> but I was I was thinking you could do Can um, we get an index? <laughs> we could get we could get some kind of index. Uh I was thinking of doing um Rugby Northern Rugby League fan reads England team sheet, England Rugby Union team sheet. You'd have like
1: that would be good.
2: Marco Vunipola.
1: Marco Vunipola. <laughs> uh,
2: Dylan Hartley.
1: Yeah.
2: Dan Cole. Dan Cole. Good northern. Good north. strong northern. I name might just,
3: I, Well, I'm mepping that uh, Bradford at some Maro, point next week. I might just uh, do like a vox pop. See, see what yeah. Say this name. What? <laughs> so uh, George. Cruis. Is it Cruis?
1: Billet Vunipola. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: I will very say, good. one last thing about the Wales game, and you can do whatever you want with this <laughs> unholy mess. Um, is it Narivolo or Navar? What's his name? Uh, Waisaki Naholo. Naholo is going to join the pantheon of all-black great-great-wingers. He will if, going forward,
2: he is... Unreal. That, yeah, when really When uh, Halem Have you she, outside? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Halem Amos <laughs> okay. uses the 16th defender in the touchline, shows him the outside. Thank you very much. Different league. Um, if you watch him when he's not got the ball, if you watch him in defence, he is so lazy. There was times where the ball was chip kicked through um, by Wales, and he was just jogging back. He's He should be sprinting back, get there first, clear the lines, and he's just ambling back. Mm. So... I think well if I can see it someone, someone in that uh, New Zealand team Man, so, coaching
3: staff will be seeing it so
2: dangerous he's unbelievably so, dangerous I mean
3: I, did Vatu and uh, Rokocoko and Lomu were they all big workers in D uh, maybe not so much but I think he'll fit in nicely maybe, maybe
1: so here's a question for you then and, and sticking with Wales because I think we've all highlighted that Talupe Falatao was outstanding agreed superb um, and was right would be right up there at the moment on on the strength of that performance anyway like like you say form recently maybe not uh, but him and kieran reed to me look like the two uh, best dates on the planet so but so i would go there you go lion's jersey is yours Talupe if you were picking a, a lion's jersey because billy vanapola's had a lot of plaudits uh, and jamie Heaslip showed up well as you pointed out earlier mm. who, who gets that lion's shirt if you were handing it out
3: Today. on yesterday's performance alone okay alone Yeah. and if we knew what they were going to do on Friday what they did on Saturday I hate to say it because I have been rubbishing uh, ru- uh, rubbishing him for god knows how, how long I think Jamie Heaslip was the most impressive eight of the weekend wow Heaslip was incredibly impressive yeah. I, Fal- maybe not doing eight stuff just,
2: all, just all round just
3: all round yeah but I-, I wouldn't pick him for a Lions test
2: for the same thing if it was yesterday I would go Fal-atau, Mm-hmm. because I Which is, Falatel played superbly. I also thought the Australians really closed down Billy very well. They've obviously done their homework on how destructive he can be. And so he he had very few opportunities. If I was going for the past uh, six months, including um, club performances and the Six Nations, it would be Billy. Billy for me. Yeah, I agree with that. Any comment, Tim? Any any difference in opinion or are you uh, playing with that blue tack? Uh,
1: p- p- playing with a little bit of blue tack, and whilst I was thinking and listening to what you were saying, I kind of agree with all of it. Um I I I would pro I would give the shit to Fallatau and it was against New Zealand, it was that slight uh, his work rate is unbelievable. I know Billy Venopolo yeah. has done a what? lot of work on his work rate but Hold on, the team work hard? is <laughs> Fallatau is absolutely everywhere and but it's it's that extra. I mean, well, you've got who are we going to be playing? We're going to be playing against New Zealand, aren't we? Yeah. And I think Falautau is the guy to to take on New Zealand. But Vunapola offers that ball carrying, and he's if you were doing it like they were players on a video game, you'd go Vunapola ball carrying ninety eight, Falautau ball carrying ninety or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. but Falautau offloading. Fallatah uh, lo- loose running his defense I tell you what that, he
2: consistently tops yeah. the um, highest tackle percentage as well he, he very rarely he makes a huge number of tackles and very rarely misses a yeah, tackle yeah and
3: my favorite Fa- Fallatauian moments from yesterday was <laughs> Liam Williams had no one to pass the ball to and he ran onto the ball going backwards do you see that So Liam Williams passed into space, right? Yeah, Yeah. and you know the way you ran onto onto the ball. Well, he ran onto it going towards his own try line. Yeah, you turned round and then put George North into space. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, Um, just just
2: one thing that will be um, slightly concerning for Wales in their back row, as we're talking about the back row. Mm -hmm. Moriarty. Um, Yes, I I was pleased. I I thought he showed up well, but you're going to tell me you didn't. Well, I thought he played quite well. And looking at the statistics, he attempted twenty-four tackles, which is a huge number. Mm-hmm. Twenty-four in a, in a game is massive. Yeah, it's it big. would be double anyone else in the Wales team, uh, and double anyone else in the um, New Zealand team. But he missed eight of those twenty-four. Well, eight missed tackles
3: is—it's not as serious as you think, actually, because I think a high missed tackle count, <coughs> as long isn't too serious which sounds perverse because it shows you're there to try and make the tackles. Now if your tackle count is like nearly 30 it stands to reason that you're going to miss some because you're working hard. The guy that concerns me is the guy that gets three tackles and three complete tackles.
1: Or Thomas, and... or Thomas Francis at zero tackles zero <laughs> yeah, carries. <counties. yeah>. That's <laughs> that, one that
2: that is, that is pretty much exactly yeah that is exactly Thomas Francis yeah, uh, I, defending I, I, stats. Oh one run how many metres for Thomas three, Francis?
1: Two.
2: One. Oh <laughs>
3: <laughs> so no tackles, uh, no passes. When I said three, I just said uh, deduct, uh, deduct tin's two from my three. <laughs> That's what I meant. Uh, one run, one meter made. Mm, so you talk work rate. Yeah. And
2: Jamie Roberts only four carries. How many meters made? Uh, well,
3: four times to... three, twelve. Tim,
1: I, I I saw twelve yards in one carry, so I'll go forty-two.
3: Uh, well, you're closer, Tim.
2: 34. 34 from four. I don't like this Almost nine. This is not
1: the Wales and, that I and, love. And how many passes? Uh, he had four passes as well. Interestingly... Well,
3: hopefully George North's injury will put a couple, an end to all this nonsense. A couple so of offloads as well. Go back to what I'm comfortable with. A <laughs> couple
1: of offloads. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, now, um, what I think was interesting was that... Uh, and you, I, I can't remember the last time I saw Jamie Roberts substituted where... It wasn't a substitution for or replaced uh, where it wasn't a replacement that was basically oh let's just take him off, keep him fresh because we've won the game already.
3: Or an injury. Now, can I just say this, Tim? If Wales start without Jamie Roberts I'm not suggesting they No, but well, if they yeah. if they do, I will then go a complete one eighty and say Gatland ball is done. As in that narrow um that narrow type type of play. That will be the key. If Jamie Roberts gets dropped for, for Scott Williams it's
1: well, well yeah, let, let, let's, talk, let's talk about
3: that because it's kind of a
1: theme um, across several of the several of the internationals. When you saw f- um, Ford Farrell working a lot better than Farrell Burrell, and you you saw Jamie Roberts go off and Scott Williams come on in his place, is is this? the the model and, and Australia had they the missed, two big centres they missed that second ball, yeah. ball player
2: and it, it will be interesting to see if they bring in Leo Lefano, who is a second ball player because mm. um, in the past they've always had Leo Fano or Gitto or Matt Tamua who, or Curtly Beal who can all do that that auxiliary fly half rule
1: could could you see a situation where Scott Williams would be a better option than Jamie Roberts uh, no
3: not really <sighs> No, no, I can't really. I think the bigger the game, the better Jamie Roberts plays, generally speaking. He's had two outstanding games against the All Blacks time, last two times that they've played. But I think he got man a match against Sonny Sonny Bill. Just an
1: unbelievable man. He is. As a a human being, he's just incredible There may be
3: lads out there with more skills than him. Um, maybe yeah there might it's a possibility <laughs> I'm not saying there is it, 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 it's possible it's very but, big of you to admit yeah. that it's possible there might be some guys out there who have better physical attributes in terms of speed but I don't think that losing all of his leadership all of his experience and that big man you know he's got something about something about big games Dan Bigger and Jamie Roberts which fills you with confidence that, Jamie Roberts might even take it to a new level like Man of the Series in South Africa uh, a great line uh, a great lions tour last time around when they won just i i would i i would never i would never take him off until he literally can't play anymore <laughs> never <laughs> you do it does feel like you lose a little bit
2: and like maybe Wales don't have the options but we spoke previously if we were selecting a lions tour having selecting Jamie um inside center it is a statement of intent as to the way you're going to play Mm. Um, and not having that, that second ball player because as good as Liam Williams was, um, was and Liam Williams was, Liam Williams was outstanding
3: Although, he's, he's not a second ball player like Alex Goode no. can Did come you, into I line it's funny you should mention that Alex Goode is on the tip of my tongue then because if Wales had an, an Alex Goode yeah we yep. couldn't have a Liam Williams but maybe that does solve well, a kind of distribution problem you've got two
2: not quite as good but you've got Anscombe who can play 15 mm. and you've also got Matthew Morgan
3: yeah they're not Alex Goode mate no, not, Neither uh, of those guys can. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let them Carry Alex Goode's boots Liam, or... <laughs> Liam Williams would be alright
1: He can just carry on uh, Riding his invisible horse
3: <laughs> he What was, is
1: going on With his bow legs he Don't was, care
3: He was superb He, he was great uh, I mean The the only thing, thing The only thing At a sharper angle Than Liam Williams' run Are his legs <laughs>
2: I thought it was interesting Hashtag Ricketts
3: <laughs> I thought it was interesting With the Some
2: of Wales's kicking game So Dan Bigger is The best fly half in the world At the kick and catch Yeah the best fly-half in the world. Unfortunately, he was coming against the best player in the world at receiving those kicking catches in Ben Smith. Ben Smith. Ben Smath. Ben Smath. Uh, so that was a really interesting little duel, those two going at it.
3: Well, like, yeah, Ben Smith did get um, the better of of, of, of of one of the kicks, but in, in general, I quite like the tactic, and I, I would do it again. I'd do more of it. Yeah. Because if they are more skillful than Wales, and I think it's fair to say they are, I'd, I'd go with that. The great, yeah. the great equaliser is is the high kick. And I tell you what, George North is horrible underneath and the high ball. <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely horrible. Has he always been like that? I've got no idea. It did stand out though. It really stood out. It's like, oh look, the ball's going to land into just get in the air, George. Get in the air and use your height and try and just tip it. Or mind you, that'd be a yellow card. I think if he tipped if he tipped it backwards into touch, so that's a yellow card. Uh, I've seen, I've it, seen Carney being uh, if you you deliberately pushing. Yeah, yeah. So he's um, jumping up for it. He's gonna tip it, and it goes in the touch. That's yellow card.
1: I was with a um, just on, on that one. I was, I was, so I was watching the. Uh, I was working at the uh, under twenty championships, and there was some the the guys from Man City were were there, and they were running like the the big screen, all the rest of it. And um, the last kick of the game in one match, what was it? Anyway, oh, Wales, Wales had a penalty kick from halfway. They were one point up against Georgia. And there was one. There was there was just more than a minute left of the game. So if they kicked a touch, the game would have to play on. So they they took the shot at goal, took the full minute, and the guy and I said, "Oh, the only the only question is, what if it doesn't go dead?" And then the football guy went, "Well, just like just." Take the full minute, then deliberately kick it, it into the side, kick it to the side, and that would get a pen against, right, for unsportsmanlike conduct. I think it could do. I don't, I'm not sure if the rules are
3: clear oh, on this. What, what what do we want want to
2: do?
1: Right. So, so so Wales had a penalty kick on the halfway line. Yep. In the under twenty championship, it was the it was there was about a minute and a half left of the game. So the kicker took the full time. Yeah. To to take the kick. Right. So took the penalty kick. And the only thought I said, they went, oh, well, it's game over. The, the, the people with me said, oh, that's game over, whatever. Uh, to which I said, well, no, it's quite a long kick. He might not kick it dead, which means Georgia could catch the ball and, and attack. And um, and then the guys that were with me, football fans, generally speaking, uh, said, oh, well, why doesn't he just take the full minute and then kick it into touch sideways so he knows it will go out. And I thought that would get a penalty for a
3: sportsman like conduct I'd penalize that I would penalize yeah, that Yeah, because he said well. he's going to have a shot at goal yeah so just yeah. I think his best option is just to kick it out into in, in, on but, the full. but if you're not if you're on the
2: halfway line and you're having a shot on goal I you, could m- do it. you might not <laughs>
3: I know you can. <laughs> do you know what to be <laughs> fair, that's probably not that hard for them the hard bit is accuracy the accuracy yeah so I mean I reckon Harry Mallander could do it. Yeah, probably. He's could. a
1: massive lad. Yeah, yeah he is. <laughs> he played fly half for England. On the Do you know, twas. like,
3: uh, and he, he played inside centre last week. Yeah, and fly half this week. Do you know that, like, wags, for want of a better word, they go through phases. And, like the, the, the number one accessory is like a little poodle, which goes in a handbag or something like that. It's the number one accessory for directors of rugby now to have a a, a teenage superstar fly half? <laughs> yeah, fly half, preferably
1: one. related to
3: you. Oh yeah, no, no, it's got to be your son. Oh yeah, son, yeah, yeah. it's got to be your son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting to see which other um, lethal fly halves are uh, been sired by the directors of rugby from around England. Well,
2: because they cause they're, they're not always um, it's, they're not always playing for their director of rugby. Or, like, there's a lot of famous sons who are fly halves, like Hastings at Bath.
1: Hastings' son, yeah. Uh,
3: Grayson is at Northampton as well, another option for for them. Ah. Well, I think they do this to give themselves some bargaining power for when they go for their next job. I mean, I can get you a fly (laughs) half. Who? (laughs) My boy. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, uh, Mike Mike Ford. I'm sure has something to do with Mike um, Mike Ford landing the job in Bath that... You know, he knows Joe, uh, George fairly well. Or, <laughs> he knows or, Joe as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Joe's a nice lad. Um, <laughs> if we drop down to the championship, I can get us Joe. Would you want Owen Farrell to play for your team? Uh, yeah, that would be all right. That would be nice. Yeah, like, so, mind. As, as soon as Sexton was out injured,
2: uh, Andy Farrell was pushing for Owen to be yeah. to be starting ahead of Paddy Jackson. <laughs> I mean, like, if the
3: sale of rugby job came available, I'd give Andy Farrell a good look, particularly if they didn't have a uh didn't have a fly off
0: because
3: yeah. I reckon he could get one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting. And he'd be back up north. Yeah. Oh, break uh, news for you. I've got it on good authority, Kyle Eastman will be signing for sale. Uh that yeah,
1: that's been a rumour doing the rounds recently, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, it could be a very good signing. Very good. Which I wonder you
2: you go from two seasons ago when you had um Tuitupu and Liotta. Liotta yeah. Very, very Route One centre partnership. You then drop Sam James in who's got a bit of an outside yeah. break, good hands, yeah. good kicking. You then drop Kyle Eastman in and all of a sudden you've got an exciting It's a big deal. Yeah.
1: And and what you lost maybe in the although as we've previously said, um SIP has kicked more than any any other Aviva Premiership fly half. But what you lose in the potential um, unpredictability and flair of someone like Sippers. Um, you get AJ McGinty, and he's a steady, m- much more steady player. But you have that little spark yeah. outside him.
3: Yeah, yeah. I-, I tell you the nice other thing which I really like about it is uh, uh, allegedly Sale work almost entirely with uh, Paul Deacon doing pa- doing patterns of play. Who will understand patterns of play that Paul Deacon's going to put into uh, practice more? than Cal Eastmond, who's not only come from Rugby league mm. but worked with a director of rugby from Rugby League and now going to a head coach which is from rugby league mm. It just makes too much sense
2: it does it makes complete sense oh, uh, I like and it. battle
3: gonna be replacing Cal Eastman with uh well, they've got Bowden haven't they
2: but they've also they've lost Devoto and Eastmond mm-hmm. and they've got Bowden damn ba- Bowden
3: um, Bowden-Bowden. Bowden-Bowden. uh Bowden Bowden
1: bowden potato potato uh
3: well apparently. They're going to be raiding Toulon for a player. Tommy Taylor? Nope. Uh, oh, Maxime Mamoz. That's correct. So that is the guy apparently they've got lined up to replace him. That would be an interesting signing. I've never
2: really rated Mamoz. He's I, always... He looks like he should Wolverine. be... He, well, he looks <laughs> like he should be incredible. No, you're thinking of... Uh, oh, no, I'm thinking of... Um, Medard, Medard. Maxime Mardard. Um M- Yeah, he looks incredible, Mamoz. I'm just not.
3: I've never really seen him have that incredible game. No, I'd 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 love, I'd love to see him come over. He'd be only the second Frenchman in the league next season. Yes, after Big Louis.
2: Oh, that, oh that's Louis um, in his quadzilla! Can't wait for that. So, um, a friend of mine, a guy I used to play with at Sedgley, a guy called Louis McGowan, who played at Rotherham, uh, played Waterloo, Rotherham. number eight. Uh, no, second, second big, row. big second yeah, row. Yeah. Um, who's? I don't actually know how old he is. He must be. 36, 37, maybe slightly older. And he, he's always played for Lancashire um at the end of end of the season. And so at the Lancashire Awards dinner, he got like a um recognition of commitment to the, the cause kind of thing. Uh recognition of playing more than thirty games, which when you consider Lancashire yeah, play yeah. Uh, if if they're lucky they play three games a year. It's a um, big deal. It's it's a very big deal. On the um award that he got, they spelt his name L-O-I-S. Which is Lois, Lois McGill, like Lois
3: Lee. <laughs> so thanks for all your, thanks for your 12 plus years of commitment and uh, well, serving the county. Well, not to sound too bitter, but we all, <laughs> but we all know where uh, long-term commitment gets you in get, gets you in rugby, <laughs> particularly in Lancashire. <laughs> Cheers, lads.
1: Technically, we're not in Lancashire. What? It's great to Manchester a county in its own right. But uh, yeah, it but does, they don't have a rugby team. It doesn't have a rugby team. Rugby, Yes, yes, you're right. Yes, yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're quite
3: right. So we do the previews and get yeah. out of here? Yeah, well, we've
1: just been talking about uh, Wales, New Zealand. Did you. Do, do, you do, do you know what
3: I was going to do? I was going to ask what are the matchups, but we know what the matchups are. They're, they're, they're the same again. <laughs> yeah. Apart from France, uh, Argentina, rather than Argentina's narrow
2: win over Italy.
1: Hey, Argentina's under 20s looking really good.
2: Looking good and playing good. And playing good, yeah. Let's, what's the chronological order of these games, Philip? Chiefs host Wales on Tuesday, 735 am. Set your alarm clock. Chiefs chiefs or, or just get into work yeah. a bit later uh,
1: interestingly just while we're talking chiefs uh jumping over to highlanders there's lots of talk about joe schmidt being approached by highlanders and he could be off there really That's interesting. Yeah. on aren't highlanders pretty well set i i know and also uh, i don't know well i i'm wondering and I, this is part of what what i see i see the i see joe schmidt and warren gatland auditioning at the moment for steve hansen's <laughs> job in three years time there is a bit of that but Highlanders have got Jamie
2: Joseph as their head coach, haven't they?
3: Well, is, is that who the head coach is?
2: Yeah, I was I can't see get, I've was him. him. I've just well, was, him.
3: Well, there was
1: there was a story this there was a story this weekend saying about the there's rumours. Is there
2: something about Jamie, him going Jamie, to
3: Japan? I thought Jamie Joseph was um, like the number two, or wasn't the number two to Dave Rennie? We don't know. Someone tell okay, us. Okay, fine.
2: Coach profiles. Um, anyway,
3: anyway, sorry. So Wales
1: um, play Chiefs. Chiefs. Yes. Uh, it'll be interesting to see <laughs>
2: Well There might be some players Auditioning for the The, the proper test On the The
3: Saturday morning Yeah there, there may be But Chiefs will win this I don't know I mean I want to, The Chiefs that I know Would win it Because I watch them In Super Rugby But I guess it's not The Super Rugby team Is it yeah. Well and They're not going to be, gonna be Playing be... Michael Leach and, every, and everyone Because obviously They've got more Important things to do And probably he'll be Away with Japan So Yeah Leach might be away Like Damian
2: McKenzie's In the All Back squad um, Cruden's obviously all black squad, so there'll be players missing. But I reckon that they'll have a, f- they'll still have a fairly handy team. Uh, but say? you back Wales to win. Yeah, I'll g- give me Wales just because I'm not sure what kind of product the Chiefs will put out. And then what do we have? Then we have South Africa Ray hosting England Saxons in the, in the second of their two match series. Uh, I reckon Saxons will smash them. Now where is this game? Because altitude did play a big factor last time, and they still win. And they, yeah, they they did one win, but it was close. Um, so if it's if it's low altitude, give me Saxons. If it's high altitude, give me South Africa. Mm, cool. just, just give me Saxons. Full stop, and give me in by fifteen points. Interesting. Nice. Then Saturday morning, the big games, eight thirty-five again. And unfortunately, I'll be on a plane to Portugal during this match. Terrible mistake. Yeah, it is. Um, New Zealand host Wales.
3: Uh. Let me see. Why am I thinking about this? It's New Zealand. It's going to be New I mean, Zealand obviously eight. New Zealand are going to win. Um, but is, it, what's the ratio of points? Is it? I reckon same ratio of points for everyone that Wales score, New Zealand will score too.
2: Yeah, and I, I can see a, a similar kind of pattern in that. Wales will be competitive for fifty, sixty minutes, and then New Zealand skill and fitness will uh, blow them away.
1: Their second half was that just yeah. outstanding.
2: They they cut out the errors. They picked it up a gear. They were good.
1: I I think it's that that old. Well, everyone's been saying it since since rugby's ever started. When fatigue sets in, that's when core skills start to Mm -hmm. start to degrade, and and the people with the best core skills. Can therefore maintain them at a higher level when they tire. So it's not that New Zealand are because lots of people say, "Oh, they are the fittest team in the world," and maybe they are. But I don't think it's so much that New Zealand are the fittest team. I think it's their their core skills are of such high quality that even when it even when fatigue sets in, it's still better than most. I think that's a fair. I, I think it's you can't look at one in isolation. You yep. have to have them both, and that
2: that is a very good point. Uh, so we're also in New Zealand. Yeah. Yep. Then. Hopefully, I'll have landed uh, and be in the villa for England Australia or Australia England at eleven am. Okay, uh, British time.
3: I think this is another in- English
1: win. now I, th- I'm, oh, I'm going to go. For, I think I'm going to go for Australia leveling it up. I think Haskell, he, Haskell can't play like that two games in a row.
3: I think he can. I, I, I'd love if he could. I'd love he, it if he could. Yeah, I'm pretty think, sure he can. I don't think he will um, unless it, unless Australia come with a brand new strategy. Which probably Eddie Jones has preempted anyway. I, I just, I can't see him doing
2: it. But the way they played uh, for the first twenty minutes and the last kind of ten fifteen minutes, if they played like that for the full full game, Australia would have won comfortably. They were two two tries to nil up inside fifteen minutes, yeah, and and had all the ball, all the territory, all the possession. Were the only ones making inroads, and then it, it did it turn around. So I'm gonna say. Australia, and I actually think the the Pocock loss could actually be a gain. If they I've bring got a funny feeling about, about that too. If they bring another ball carrier in who can bend the line, who can get them more front football, more quick ball, because that was the key. But when as, they were getting that quick ball, they were finding uh, Falau in space outside the 13 channel, and because it was fast, England hadn't properly realigned, and he was finding props to run at. And that but is, as the
3: Green and Gold guy, guy said, they don't have anyone that can bend the line outside of second rows in, in Skelton.
1: Cliffy Parloo and yeah, McCallman
2: Clif-
3: less so. Uh, Houston
2: possibly coming in. Yeah. Sakopi Kepu so- 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 so coming in. I think uh, will I mean, be Houston good wouldn't he scare him. Him. No, no, he wouldn't scare it's that. A good player the England think. team. Yeah. yeah.
1: But then in in, premiership, in in when you look in the Aviva Premiership, I'd sort of go, well, Haskell Houston, about the same about the same kind of level.
3: I wouldn't they're completely
1: different I'd, players no, I would i'd say
2: i'd say they're they're completely different kind of players.
1: I'd say they're a similar standard but in terms they're of kind of, I don't know. But, but of but Haskell Haskell had a world class game um, and he, I wouldn't say in the Premiership he does anything more incredible
3: or special than than no. Houston. Uh, the thing about no, I agree is like because he's got such a good basis for of of work rate, whether he plays badly or well, you've always got that potential that he can have a can have a world class game um, I can see. I, I mean, my prediction last week was Haskell, will, Haskell, and Robshaw will be a, a great asset for England because they don't do the same as Pocock and Hooper. When they actually get to the breakdown, they drive over, they clear everyone out. So actually, they're the perfect antidote to those Jackals, which then makes you think, oh, are they the perfect antidote to the new guy that that, that, that they'll bring in? Possibly. And that, not. I don't. I can't answer. Mm. So uh, I, I'm going for Australia. Just
1: Leo L- L- Farno and and Kepu, like you say, the big changes that, yeah. that could come in. I into would like to see England bring
3: in Good. I don't think I don't think it will happen. No. but I think England will win.
1: Okay, I think Australia just
2: then. Um, yeah, yeah, I I'll go with that, but it will be less than a score. But then
1: definitely. England never won in Brisbane, and we yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I'll be I'll be delighted to be
2: wrong once again. Um, then. Japan hosts Scotland, 11-20. I'm not sure if that will be on TV. No, I'm going to say Japan will win that.
1: Um, because yeah. I want them to. I don't actually believe that Can I just say, I J- I just say Japan, uh, Japan have lost comfortably in both under-20s games, but their scrum Super. was awesome. <laughs> Weird,
3: isn't it, if Japan become the new Argentina?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could happen. Uh,
2: yeah. And they beat Canada um, last night, and Canada traditionally
3: have a pretty solid scrum. I mean, they've got. I tell you what, uh, Japan have got. If they play them, is two, uh, well, two thirds of a world class bat roll. in maffy who people in Bath said he was outstanding until he did something naughty to a physio. But I, I can't say I can't say the next <laughs> bit I was about to say actually. <laughs> I won't I won't continue on that. Um, and also uh, Michael Michael, Lech, or Michael yeah, Leach or yeah Michael Leach yeah Latch Leach Leach, um, very so, good. Um, and I'll,
2: then the final game. I'll go Scotland. Uh, I'll go Scotland as well actually I'm going to go Japan just because I want it to happen I think that would actually be a really good game I'd love to watch that mm. um, and then final game uh, final game on Sol- this list is South, South Africa. Africa Island yeah. um, there's also Argentina France but i am not got a time I have no that. idea
3: who will win the oh that's on the Sunday sorry I have no idea who, who will win Argentina France no so, idea
2: South Africa Island I'm going to go for South Africa to correct some of the wrongs from last week and me Oh, I can't see Ireland losing this. I can't see them being that heroic
3: again. And and it, South Africa were almost a, a bit of a blunt. They were a blunted instrument. Right. who Sa- are South Africa missing? Because everyone's saying that it's a weakened team. Who they're not missing. They're missing players from the world from who played in the World Cup. Uh, yeah, is that what we're talking
2: about? Players that retired and gone or, or not well, available? Players, players like um, the Duplity brothers. But Adrian Strauss is now the captain. He's yeah. So, so, so he, one of them won't start. Um.
3: Yeah, I. I, Vermeilen started. Because they can still bring in like three or four outside players, and they do. They bring in Vermeilen. They've bought in uh, Lowe. Yeah. So. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It sounds a bit but like I, sour grapes. I,
1: I, what, I think what, you've got to, what you've got to think is that South Africa are going to get the hair-dry treatment not just from their coach, but from an entire nation. Yes. They're Ooh. fanatical
3: fans. Yeah, The other and thing as well is the team that are doing best in South African con- Conference are the Lions. So if you've not heard of these players, it's because all the other players aren't playing as well as the players who play for the Lions, who are now getting a shot. Fafta-Clerk. Yeah. Who played at nine. Exactly.
1: But but I, I fully expect them to, to be... be Fired up, and, and there'll be a reaction. I can't expect them to win.
3: I reckon Ireland will win
2: this. And then on the, on the Sunday, 2 a.m., on the Sunday, we've got uh, United States host
3: Italy. Oh, do they? Yeah. That's a really good little tour that, that they've got going on.
2: Yeah, Italy to uh, hopefully they're working their way up. So Argentina, um, USA, USA Canada. Canada would be a good way of doing oh, it. Oh, that's really good. It's not a bad little tour that I don't know if they are actually playing Canada uh,
3: the following week. Um,. I'd like to see one of the major nations do that, or at least the Saxons. Yeah, Saxons used to always do the Churchill Cup, didn't they? Yeah, or do it the other way around, which is Canada, United States, full-strength Argentina team. And you could even do like a midweek
2: South America combined with like Uruguay, Chile, Brazil. And we could go watch it. Yeah, Yeah. Um, Yeah, get get that sorted, schedule makers. (laughs) And then the final game, uh, which will be after our next podcast, because it's a kick-off at... Twenty past ten next Sunday evening. Uh so one to watch just before we go to get ready for work on the Monday. Um, is Argentina hosting France? Right uh, wow, now, why is what
1: that... Scrum porn.
3: Yes. Well you'd have thought so, but
1: Well, on previous years, but maybe. Yeah, but yeah. this isn't this isn't yeah. really a France team. Right. It's
3: like what would the what would the what would they be called, the French second team? If England the Saxons, what what the French? Uh the Galax or something? Yeah. Or the the I don't know. But there's something else. This isn't the French team. Yes, this will be a half French team, I think. Although, uh,
2: during the Six Nations and in the World Cup, a huge number of their players were taken from Stade Francais. Based, yeah, they were. Based on their performances <laughs> last year, the Stade Francais haven't made, I think they were third or fourth
3: from the so bottom So, most this of their th- players were taken from Stade Francais. Yeah. Based on their performance this year, most of their players will be They're taken from, from Stade Francais, Stade. Francais again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Very good.
1: Get in. Right, get us uh, followed on and get your thoughts in on Twitter, at Rugby Podcast. Get us subscribed on iTunes. Acast, Buy some razors. Buy some beautiful <laughs> top, of the,
0: top of the range. Uh. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen
1: Um, get in cheers boys in a bit